P-S-N-Y. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Clean Sweep Podcast, which is Elite Sports New York's Brooklyn Nets podcast. This is your host, Matt Brooks. I'm here with my co-host, Danny Small. It's good to talk. It's been a minute. We're gonna. I have a little explanation for why we've uh, fallen off, because a lot of it's on my end. I know you've been pretty busy with your stuff, too. But before we get into that, how you doing? It looks like you're enjoying yourself a beverage on this nice... Uh, Thanksgiving Eve night, so tell us what you're drinking. Uh, I got a White Claw right now. I took a raspberry, which is not my favorite, but when you get the when you get the variety pack, you gotta you gotta kind of uh, go with the flow. Nice. Um, But yeah, no Thanksgiving Eve, I decided instead of going out and talking to someone from you know my my sophomore year math class, I decided I'd rather stay in and watch the Nets and Knicks lose. And then record a podcast. So here we are. Why not? Why not? Um, I saw. Uh, I saw you had a beverage there too. What? What you I got? <laughs> so I have a glass of red wine, which I think I drink uh, I wine it. once every two months. I'd say it's it's apparently a really nice uh, glass, uh, a really nice bottle. But I I know nothing about it. It's like a reserve bottle, which means literally nothing to me. But you know, I would know. No, I would not know the difference. I mean, <laughs> you just. I drink I drink wine out of a box sometimes. Yeah, so yeah, 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 exactly. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm at home right now. Uh, it, well, I'm not home anymore, but home where I grew up in uh in the Bay Area um, for Thanksgiving, seeing family and stuff. So I get to enjoy the pleasantries of life a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> Versus my whatever my one IPA I get to drink every week <laughs> on my budget. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm really happy we re- we're rebooting this podcast. Um, I'm not sure about you, but the writing stuff has been like really picking up for me and. At at heart, I think in a lot of times I'm kind of a writer first, but I should, you know, this industry the way it is, is you want to be a multimedia journalist, which really is, it sounds mm-hmm. like a, you know, an overused cliche, but, you know, I need to get back on my podcast stuff. I thought we really had something going, so I'm happy that we're going to do this. We're going to be, by the time you listen to this episode, whenever that may be, we'll probably have a schedule out. We're going to be recording this and releasing this on specific days, so that'll help you know, not only everybody that's listening know exactly when to check for us, but also me and you stay on top of it and make sure we're, you know, keeping up with every single week of the season. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy we're doing this. Uh, you've been really busy with uh, your Knicks stuff, which is amazing. Um, if you don't know, you're, uh, Danny's a credential reporter with the with the Knicks, which is awesome. So I, I always, I, uh, I'm very proud and get a little jealous to see of you at every single Knicks game and, you know, doing that coverage there. So, we're both busy, but we do want to make time with this. So I, I felt like that little disclaimer need to be mm-hmm. said because uh, if you look at our upload schedule from the this episode, of the last one, it's been a little brief hiatus. But yeah, well, what know. I will say though is, I mean, we've talked about this obviously off the pot a bunch. Is like we're both, I think we both agree we're both writers first. Yes, um, and like you said, you know, we want to keep doing this podcasting and you know get bigger, more consistent, get on a schedule, have you guys know when we're putting this stuff out. Um, but 
I think we've both been doing a pretty good job with our writing lately. I mean, yes. I, I've been reading your stuff at Nets Daily. Your stuff has been awesome lately. Thank you. I mean, you know, like the Jared Allen piece was great. Um, your Joe, Joe Harris that came out the other day. I know we spoke a little bit about that before it was coming out. That yep. was another great one. Um, and like you said, I know the Nets fans listening to this might not like it, but I am a Knicks reporter, so I do write a lot about the Knicks. Um, but I, I mean, I, I've, I've been keeping up with the Nets and everything. I was at the Knicks-Nets game, so... You know, I'm. I definitely. I haven't been able to write about the Nets as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Just because you know the Knicks have actually had like a crazy schedule of home games recently. Yes. Um, they had like three in a row. Then they had a back to back. You know, home and home. So I've been really like kind of focusing on that and trying to take care of that uh, first and foremost. But like you said, I'm happy that we're getting this back going. We're getting you know kind of going to build some momentum here. And get back into uh, the clean sweep state of mind. Yes, there uh, we go. Whatever you want to call it. There's a <laughs> little, little uh, hat tip to my other, the Nick's state of mind, the other podcast. Oh, I yeah. Did, which I actually, that one is a little easier for me because I, I'm like, you do all the producing on this and everything, and other people do the producing on my Nick's one. So I basically, out of the three people there, I just have to show up when. When we record, so just it's clock nice in. And easy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like the worst, laziest podcaster ever because I just, I'm like, when do you guys want to record? Okay, then yeah. we're good, and that's all I do. So, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, maybe not the hardest working podcaster in the game, but we're gonna try and change that. No, for sure. Uh, yeah, and I, you've been watching a bunch of games too. That was not me trying to dox you. It just one, you know, you come, you, I would always like affectionately will say you watch both teams a great deal just one is giving you more opportunity than the other yeah, it happens to be that one is the one that's you know way more nationally recognized so i mean yeah i'm i'm lucky because you know unfortunately the nets obviously they just don't have as big of a fan base as the knicks so i'm lucky that the knicks like there's like i'm I've, so far this season i've been having a really good time covering them even though they haven't been having as good of a time yeah, yeah. but um but yeah no it's it's been fun you know it, it is what it is it's fun going to the games and like the other day when Knicks and Nets are playing like because the way it works like Fizdale does his press conference and then Kenny Atkinson does his right after yep. um in the pregame in the post and it was like usually I'll just I'll make I'll like mosey up my way on down for the away team but like when Fizdale was done, I was like booking it out of there. I was like, all right, I got to get a good spot with Kenny. Like I got to get mm-hmm. right up front. I got, you know, like a video with him and stuff. So um, good stuff. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I actually, I, I really enjoy watching the Nets. I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks are fun and that's, you know, kind of my, uh, the thing I focus more on with writing, but the Nets so far this year, I mean, we'll get into it, but this little stretch, I know they lost to Boston, but this little stretch has been really fun to watch. And it's kind of, for me at least, it's kind of taking me back to those like those last year, those vintage yeah. Nets, when they were kind of getting their swagger a little bit. Um, and I, so kind of what I feel like, obviously it's different, way different this year. But, you know, Dinwiddie, Allen playing well, Joe Harris, he's been a little up and down, but today he hit a bunch of threes. It's been fun watching these Nets lately, and I'm... Uh, Definitely glad we're going to uh, be able to dive into all this and uh, and really parse out what's uh, what's important. Right. Let's do the Celtics game first, since that'll be. Hopefully, I can get this edited and out by tonight. That's kind of my goal. Um, so the Celtics game hung with them for what do we say? Like three quarters, I guess. And I'd say yeah, like th- even like three and a half because they. 
the Celtics, what, were they up like 10 or so? Nets cut it down a couple times to like four-ish. Yeah, but it was there. like one of those like fake. They it was cut one it of down. those where you knew you you knew they were like kind of swimming upstream. Right, right. Like, um, and I, you know that the play I I sent you a DM on Twitter as soon like right after it happened. The Dinwiddie missed three. Yes, yes. He he went down, and you could tell he was frustrated tonight. I get it. He didn't get calls, and he wasn't hitting his shots. But when he went down after that missed three and he kind of just like slow to get up, lazy getting back. And it wasn't just him. Everyone, it, almost everyone on the team was lazy getting back. They they got down, got a bucket. And it was like at that point, I kind of almost knew it was over. Um, yeah, me too. They me had too. they had another one of those like little like flurries. Like they had a three or, two, or you know, three, got another bucket. And they felt like they almost could have come back. But that was the play right there where I was just kind of like. That's all right. They're not. They're not making this comeback now. It, it kind of was like felt like Celtics had them at that point. I hate to do the whole like. I I I think blaming the coach is like the biggest cop out you can do as like a fan or media member, or whoever. And I've tried to refrain from that. I do think that, man, he he probably should have put the starters in it like nine minutes in to the fourth. I was thinking, and I, it's just it, like it it's felt been, like. Go ahead. No, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. But no, no, no. You're good. I, uh, I think you're making. I think you're making a very good point because he went to the ten man rotation instead of nine tonight. So you could tell he was like Kenny was definitely thinking about. You know, they've had a tough stretch of games lately. He didn't want to overwork his guys. But I think you're right that like nine minutes when they were down, you know, it was still striking distance. And I'm like, you almost you you almost have to get these guys back in because if you leave in, you know, that second unit. You know, give them credit because they're fighting. Garrett Temple really, you know, he was great leading that second unit for portions of the game. But they just—they're not gonna—they're not gonna keep you in that game for for long enough. You're like, I mean, Jared Allen. I know he missed a ton of free throws, but you needed him back in there because Claxton was just not—you know—he—he's not giving you much out there. Yeah, like this was a tough. I think this was a little bit of a. Uh, the moment was a little big for for Claxton tonight. Yeah, just a little bit. Like it's, you know, it remind it honestly reminded me of watching Jared Allen like the last couple of years where he's just getting bodied and he's falling for pump fakes and all this stuff. Um, he's got a ways to go. That's okay. I like what he could be. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are really high on him. I I definitely share that sentiment. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I. I, the 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 bench unit really right now is just it's problematic just in the fact that you just there's just no scoring and it's like None. you know Teo Pinson bless his soul has just some of the worst shot selection like I've tried to to hold out for Teo Pinson but man like I mm. we're hitting the end the, the Teo yeah. Pinson island is dwindling down that population there. I, I didn't think at this point in the season I would be like, geez, man, I wish they had Shabazz Napier. Me too. Because it's like he was, you know, I mean, he is what he is at this point. We understand, you know, he's not like the best point guard in his draft class like LeBron thought he was going to be. But that like kind of that third string point guard who you can, you know, in a pinch be like, all right, you know, he's our he's our backup point guard tonight. He was good at that role of like, all right, you know, we need you, throw you in there. And he was fine. Like, had a couple of decent games in there, but he never really like completely killed you. Pinson, you're right. That shot selection. I mean, I don't know how many times I'm going to see him. And like, he takes that one dribble into that three pointer and you just know it's not going in. You know, it's got no chance. Um, 
Sorry, uh, Kyrie Irving just put a story on, and it's uh-huh. uh, oh, it, it's about a, a two paragraph. I'm, I hate to do this in uh-huh. the middle of our podcast. No, you have yeah, you have to, you have to. All right, let me read this. I'll try to read. I'll try to summarize it. Um, tonight shows just how how much sports entertainment will always be ignorant and intrusive. It's just one big show that means very little in the real world that most people live in because there are actually things that matter going on within it. Oh, this is so woke. <laughs> um, oh, my God. <laughs> a damn ball going into the hoop or learning. Uh, I lost my. A damn ball going into the hoop or learning how to grow up being in a fishbowl of a society based on your popularity level as a person or even dealing with becoming the leader of your family after someone's passing and not knowing how to deal with life after it happened man i don't know if i can read this <laughs> wow i can i can pick it up for you if you want because i didn't think we were gonna get into oh we were gonna i knew we were gonna get we were gonna talk about Kyrie tonight i didn't know this was gonna happen this is oh, 15 man. minutes ago from when when we're, we're recording right now yeah uh, this I'll is pick, i'll pick hijack it up. I'll the podcast you, i'll give you a break right now okay yeah give right, me so, a right then he goes but this game of sports entertainment matters more than someone's mental health and well-being right or the real-life things that happen to people every day, but they still have to perform for the NBA and its fans, right? It's all about doing it for the fans and organization that love you so much. And these, there's a lot of question marks after these. Just, I, I'm not Open-ended. sure if that's across. Very but rhetorical. there's a lot of question marks after these. All right. Think again. <laughs> it's a game, and it's promoted as a fandom experience for ticket buyers and viewers at home while defacing who people truly are as people. Then spat out all over these media networks as valuable food for thought while they actually believe that their opinions hold weight to real cultural leaders that speak and act for change. One big gimmick with some smoke and mirrors. I'll always be the one that takes the stand and speaks on the truth every time though. A purposeful and spiritually led life will always be bigger and more meaningful than any sports arena or any entertainment space. This game isn't meant to be controlled and shown as a drama. It's meant to show the love. Love for the art is the only damn thing that keeps the purest people in this giant sports-slash-entertainment circus. Don't fall for the game that's played in front of you as entertainment. It'll never be as serious as dealing with, in gigantic letters, life. Whew. Well. Whew. So, I think the the podcast just changed a little bit. Oh, man. <laughs> that is rough. <laughs> that is. That's a lot. That is a lot. I so I have friends like this that uh, we're not. I don't want to say friends. Uh, I know people like this that when they're I it's when they're emotional about something, they turn it into a big society. It's like nah, yeah, you're just yeah, yeah. upset. Like just just go. Go, go take a walk, man. Like, don't fucking, don't do that. Don't do all of that. Turn I know. Your phone and, off. Exactly. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. I know I'm going to be in the minority, and everybody on, uh, in the Nets community is going to be like, ah, he's just, for now at least, people are going to be defending that. And like, I, I get his point. I do understand how that's really demeaning to have people do that. And I, I thought it was not like, yeah, it's, it's disrespectful. You know, that's what Boston fans do. Um, but, I mean, I, just, it's, it's just, is that, am I wrong saying that's a little over, that's a little overkill? You're not wrong. I, I think the smarter PR move for Kyrie would have been to put his phone down and, you know, do something else. 
I get why he's frustrated. I mean, a hundred percent. Um, I think recently there's, I mean, it's like, it's like every Boston media member is like looking for every reason why Kyrie ruined the season last year and why he was horrible and why he was terrible. Every fan is like tonight, you know, Kyrie sucks. Where is Kyrie? All that. Like, I get why all that is frustrating. And from my perspective, at least, I don't necessarily agree with people giving, like, Boston fans giving them such a hard time. No, I don't either. I mean, I'm I, I'm the guy who wrote something that said Knicks fans, like, like Porzingis didn't deserve the booze. So I'm, like, generally more on the player side. Me too. In that sense. But the other thing is, like, if you pay for your tickets and you're in the stadium, like, do whatever you want. You paid for your seats. Like, you can do that. Right. The one thing that has bugged me is just, like... People like Kendrick Perkins and other people saying, like, this is all a plan by Kyrie so he didn't have to show up in Boston. He's he's milking this injury. That is the one three. Or I'm, I'm looking at the Seton Hall game and a guy just hit a three, so that's why I said three. But that's the one thing that, like, really bothered me was people being like, oh, he wasn't really hurt. He's just afraid to go back to Boston. Like, that, to me, that's bullshit. That, he's injured. Like, it's not that he's afraid to go back to Boston. He's injured. And I don't know if maybe that's part of what's, like, playing into his whole, um, you know, his whole mindset and why he would post something like that. Because, I mean, him and Kendrick Perkins, I know, I don't think Perkins even played a second on any of those Cavs teams, but Perkins, I think they were teammates Perkins just shut the hell up. That's, like he's the Honestly. one who's like who's like Kyrie. He's afraid of Boston. It's like that is the one part where I'm like, okay, I'm hundred percent firmly on Kyrie's side there. Because anyone saying he's like lying about his injury, so he he just missed seven games in a row. No, it's just bullshit. so he wouldn't have to pay play in the T, in TD Garden in front of Boston fans. That's BS to me. I mean, everything else, I think I'm with you on that. Where, like, listen. Put your phone away, man. Like, just it, it's not going to help you. Yeah, but I do, I do, I can sympathize with Kyrie on on a lot of uh, a lot of this right now. Let me make my argument clear because I needed yeah, a second. Yeah, to dude, I, I I wanted to just get that part about the injury stuff because like that was one thing actually all day long. Like all this stuff, like coward, all that. That was just bugging me. Yeah. You know, like like I always say, like I'm I'm not like a fan of one team or one player or anything like that. I think I generally try and be like unbiased and you know kind of see things from a clear perspective. But that was like I was getting pissed today reading some of the stuff. You know, people saying you know because that's just I don't know to me that's 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 over the line. I totally sympathize with him for being upset, and I don't want it to be like oh. You know, I don't want this to come off as Matt's being a dick. He doesn't see it from Kyrie's side. I'm totally, like, the way people have been acting this week and really just, like, using his name for clicks. I know that mm-hmm. sounds like, you know, it's that's kind of what the situation is. Um, and just kind of, like, you know, as you said, like, former players coming out and saying stuff, like, you know, all ridiculous. My thing is this, is, dude, like, why are you going so meta with this and being like, this is all a game, it's all a hoax? Like, this is, mm. you're just setting yourself up to get thrown more and more down, like, a flight of stairs, essentially, and people kick you while you're down. I understand, like, if I was Kyrie Irving and I saw people do that, that I was, you know, on a team, like, basically, I was the best player on that team just a couple months ago, the Celtics, and they're saying Kyrie Irving sucks at every single free throw for either team, which is ridiculous. I understand being upset, but it's like, dude, you have to realize when you do little things like this and you do three paragraph essays, 
you can't do that. Like you, you just can't do that. You're literally set. You're just giving these people more and more ammo to kick you while you're down. That's easier said than done. I know, but it's like, man, dude, like you just, you do this to yourself and you're just putting yourself in a darker and darker hole when you do this. Like I just, I don't know. I feel for the guy I do. And I think that he's in a really emotional and, and tough personality that maybe, you know, I think he's very competitive but I don't know if he's always cut out for every aspect of the NBA. Not not to perfect. He's he's a competitive guy. He can deal with winning, losing. But the actual spectacle of this league, I don't know how cut out he is because there's just so much that. And if this is how he feels about the league, I don't know what that does for his career, where he just feels like he's basically uh, in a, a a circus, essentially like a circus mm-hmm. act that's getting put on every single week. And he's made that clear about Durant's injury before. So I don't know what that says about him. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, like reading something like this, it does kind of make me feel for him and worry for him. But also it, there's a part of me that's just like, man, you just don't help yourself <laughs> in certain situations. Because yeah. like when I'm upset about something, there'll be times where I type something on social media, whatever it may be, or because it's right there. Like it's, it's an outlet. It, it feels it's, like it's in your, it's in your hand. It's exactly. In your pocket, you and know? you know, and it's, it's almost like you're, you're going to. It's like a free therapy lesson. Like you get to get all those thoughts mm-hmm. out and you just put it on there. But the problem is that it's not just something that you're writing. Like maybe if, you know, uh, it's replacing like a journal. And if you don't have a ton mm-hmm. of followers or whatever, then yeah, maybe that does work for something like that. But the problem is, is like you're one of the most marketable athletes in the world. Like you are and you you have this name and you've done movies. So when you do little things like this, like people are going to just bring this up for you. And it's like, oh, you know, now it's going to be the whole story. This I guarantee you. By the time this podcast is posted, it's going to be, you know, 10 days of Kyrie is emotional and he's having a, another mood swing. It's just like, dude, like, ah, man, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. I'm not disappointed yeah, I mean, in him. I'm just, I'm disappointed for him because I know what this is going to turn into. It's, it's just funny because we're, we're talking about how this is going to kind of hijack the narrative of like, you know, basically what everyone is going to talk about after this game. I mean we're talking about this in real time now i think this Kyrie post is probably going to get you know a lot of clicks and be yep. kind of you know big news um i mean it it just you know we're small potatoes but it just hijacked our podcast i mean we're right in the middle of about to you know to talk about that boston game um and I, no i i definitely agree with you you know like that it's obviously it's not the right decision to put this post out because it's even if what he's saying isn't wrong like i'm not i'm putting all of what he said aside it's just going to feed into this whole narrative and everything. Um, and the the funny thing to me and the ironic thing to me is always like, I don't know how many people and writers are going to write these think pieces about how Kyrie's too emotional and, uh, you know, all this stuff. And it's like everyone who's writing that, like if they get like a negative comment on their blog post, they're going to be like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, like we, I mean, we've all been there when you, like someone says something nasty to you on social media and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, like screw this person. Like, uh, and like I've done it. I try not to respond to like, oh, negative people. Terrible about but, it. <laughs> but I, like every once in a while, like they catch you and you have time and you're like, all right, you know, I'm going to go in on this person. And it's like, after the fact, I'm like, ugh, why did I, like, why did I feed into that? Why did I feed into all that negativity? And I'll put myself in a worse position. Yep. And I mean, listen, I'm doing it with like whatever my 700 followers on Twitter, you know, like no one. Kyrie has 13 and a half million Instagram followers. I can't even like, 
begin to imagine. Like, I can't even imagine that perspective of where he's coming from with all the negativity he faces. And, then, you know, you know he's at home or wherever in Brooklyn watching that game here. And Kyrie sucks, coward, you know, where is Kyrie, all that. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect this kind of to a Knicks thing because we talked about this a little bit um, in the in the pre-show and, you know, before uh, you and I have talked about the, you know, the Porzingis game. I mean, I, I have never been at a sporting event where I've seen a player get that kind of, like, just hatred and yep. vitriol from a fan base. And yep. Porzingis was shook. He had a decent game for most of the game. He kind of disappeared in the fourth quarter. He had a decent game, but he was shook. There's no denying that. He went to the wrong locker room. <laughs> He handled, yeah. That's, well, I'll, I I didn't want to like I didn't want to make a big deal of that because the the way the Knicks the, the like the locker room is you can get to either locker room through either way. So it's like he probably was just thinking like oh I'll just make a shortcut and then realize like oh no the opposing teams always go this way. So that but that was just another thing like Porzingis was getting destroyed by everyone. I mean during the national anthem like. You know, usually, like, towards the end, someone will be like, go Knicks, or, like, whatever. Somebody in the crowd will scream. It was like, as soon as the national anthem started, somebody was like, you're a snake. And then, like, there's cheers, and then there's people yelling. And it was like, from the the word go, Porzingis was getting destroyed by everyone in the building. And it didn't stop, didn't let up at all. After the game, a million people around Porzingis, and he was, you know... These are passionate fans, you know. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't blame them for yelling at me. They just want to win. They love basketball. He said and did like all the right things that he could in that moment, and I think he's someone who, who learned because when he got traded, he said like, oh, you know, the truth will come out. Knicks fans, stay woke. He was like on social media, and he admitted he was like, yeah, you know. I was up late, you know, I just got traded, I was emotional, I put some stuff that I probably shouldn't have on social media, yep. and he's like, you know, I regret it, but you know, it is what it is, I love the, I love the Knicks fans, I love how passionate they are, like, I think Porzingis, I mean, there's Learn. a lot, there's, a, there's too much to get into with him on this Nets podcast, but I think he's like a good example of someone who kind of like realized, alright, you know what, gotta take a step back and just realize like, the more I like antagonize people and the more I like I I defend myself, it's just you're digging yourself into a bigger hole. Oh, so I'm giving you the update. I'm I'm in the minority with my take. <laughs> with my oh, are, oh, with okay. my setting himself up for failure. So uh so I, I'm expecting expecting to be on the wrong well, the wrong side of history with this one, but Stand by it, you know. <laughs> I don't. I, I. I. mean, listen. You. I. I feel like you and I we disagree a little bit here, but I think we're both on the same kind of side. Almost. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's like we. We can both empathize with him, but we can both understand he's digging himself into a bigger hole by you know by doing this. And like, I mean, I'm, I'm I, talking I, about I on before, Twitter like, right now. If you can't tell, I'm on Twitter right now. That's how I'm yeah, like, figuring yeah. it out. So yeah, I mean. I'm 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 just I'm going on right now just to look, but I don't even I like I, this. See, this I didn't want this to like. I was I was very excited to talk about like the problems with the second unit and yep. like how maybe Ken, like I was like oh I was gonna give Kenny a couple compliments about some stuff he did. I was gonna yep. talk about Jared Allen, and now we're you know now we're getting into this whole like meta discussion of what you know 
what being a star is in the league. And I mean, honestly, I like the best thing for Kyrie might be to just go the JJ Reddick route and just end social media. I know, I know you can't really do that when you're, you know, your whole brand is built around social media and like all these guys, like it's such a big part of, you know, their, their true deals and everything like that. So, I mean, it's easier than said than done to be like, just delete it. But I remember, I think on the low post, maybe over the summer, it was JJ Reddick on there and he was talking about like how free he's felt, you know, after deleting social media. He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't see any of the criticism. I don't see any of that. He's like, it's, it's great. He's like, I love it. And I mean, I'm not, I'm Kyrie can do whatever he wants. He's a grown man, but I just, I can't imagine having 13 and a half million followers, probably half who hate you or at least close to it. And just, you know, everything you say or do, it's like negative responses. Um, it's a tough situation, but uh, he is kind of digging himself into a hole. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about something else. I'm a, uh... I, I need to get. I need to not talk about social media. I, I my I, I can't do it. I this is too much time yeah, in I my don't... life is on social media. I don't want to get into social media because I already I think about it all the time about how social media is like slowly just depressing me because that's what it does. <laughs> so yeah, I need uh, to, I need to not talk about this. So let's talk some basketball. Let's talk the Celtics game. Um, yeah, let's let's we we'll, we promise if this becomes a bigger story, we'll get back to it at some point. But. I think we've said all we need to say at this I, point, right? <laughs> you've gotten my gut reaction, which is usually my most honest reaction. I'll probably get tainted over the next couple of days. But my honest reaction, you this got was, it right th- there. But this, the good thing was this was like our legit reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, no bullshit. You literally here. said like, oh no, Kyrie, like Instagram <laughs> story. And it was like, oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, this was, this was as real as Clean Sweep is going to get, I think. Oh man! All right, all right. One more. So, so KD is standing up for Kyrie. Uh, good. I'm, that, good. That's positive, right? Yeah. On uh, Stooley Green, the Dan Greenberg of Barstool, he said, "You're obsessed. Seek help, King." <laughs> all right. Well, this is going to be an interesting little uh, night of Nets superstardom on 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 the internet. So that's going to be uh, interesting. Um, Oh, whatever right, yeah, let's get back to basketball basketball that's that's what i like i don't like social media i like basketball i'm gonna like you know how uh in simpsons he has to write that down on his yeah, on the yeah, chalkboard. Like 500 times, i'm be like, like i'm a basketball writer not a social media star i'm a basketball writer not a yeah. social media star. Uh, <laughs> I'm all right with that i'm with that so we are talking about second unit stuff i was talking about lack of creation teo pinson has just a little too much on his shoulders and i think that in his mind right now it seems like He's like, oh, great, This there's not a ton of offense around me. I'm going to take shots all I want. Musa, Musa is tantalizing in his, like, measurements that he's 6'9". You know, there's moments where he gets to the basket. Not really much of a shooter, and I was looking at some of his numbers. He was like, a, the highest I've seen him shoot in any league was 36% from three in a EuroLeague tournament. So I think he's a little bit more of a scorer and a little bit less of a shooter. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm kind of at this point just like I'm expecting the next couple of games to not go very well because you just, whenever they put those bench guys in and even a little bit with the starters, although the starters look pretty good tonight, they're just, they don't have as much juice. They mm-hmm. just don't quite have as much juice. And the biggest thing that's changed for them 
has been their effort on defense. It has not been anything that's changed that much offensively. Like Dinwiddie's gotten going. Jared Allen is suddenly like a 2020 guy. Amazing. What the fuck? That was my greatest call as a sports professional ever. (laughs) Just literally like, like, I was just like, all right, man, like, I guess, I guess I can just shamelessly share this article every single fucking game because that's, that's what you have to do. I'm just like, take advantage of that. (laughs) You're just asking me to do this. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the Kyrie injury and the Karis injury has opened up room for a couple of guys that needed to find their footing to find their footing, which I love. Um, but you know, we're at the point now where they're playing a tough little part of their schedule. They got to kind of figure it all out just on both on offense, on defense against some kind of easier teams. And now it's like, all right, let's let's bring back Kyrie. Let's bring back mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, <laughs> let's get Kyrie on the on the basketball court. <laughs> would be nice. You know, we don't have to we've now figured out the Kurooks is just not going to be a basketball player this year. We we want some uh, kind of like toggle some minutes between Shumpert and Waba like he kind of knows what he's working with now. And now it's like very Nabu, evident. Nabu is, I'll just, I'll cut you off just for a quick interjection. Nwaba, I lo- he was good tonight. He, yeah, he was. He, he definitely earned his keep tonight. Yes. And he wasn't, you know, he, he uh, people love Nwaba. That's like the new guy that everybody obsesses over. And, and he, and for unclear reasons, at least at first, but <laughs> he like, cause he just, his problem was he just turned over the ball. I think he was second in turnover percentage. It was like a 30% of his possessions, mm-hmm. he was turning the ball over, which is, like, really not good the first couple of weeks. Uh, I actually was kind of with pulling him out of the rotation because he was just such a zero on offense. Um, I don't think he's going to hit as many threes as he hit tonight every night, but as long as he can at least just move the ball and make the right play here and there, hit a couple threes here and there, I'm all for it because he tries on defense. He really, you know... He, he, he does. He, he really does. He goes all out, and it seems like Shumpert's been a really stabilizing veteran presence that just makes the right play. Um Really solid as a one-on-one defender. And, uh, yeah, I, I would feel pretty optimistic about them. The thing that I'm interested in is going to be, I've been looking at a ton. I, my next article, I have a good feeling it's going to be about lineups. I've, I've mentioned this on mm-hmm. a podcast with my buddy Bruce yesterday, but uh, I want to do I want to do some a, a nice juicy article about lineups. And I don't know, I'm not sure if Kara should start. I, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been thinking – like you know how they do, I, and I I'm, this is not an original thought by me. This is somebody, maybe even you on somebody I saw on Twitter. The the Garrett Temple like quick sub for Musa, I like that on a couple different levels because I like I, I do like Musa. I think he's he's still kind of trying to find his game a little bit, um, but he's got energy. He like he plays hard. He you know he's maybe not the best defender, but he's active. Uh, he can get to the hole a little bit. Like you said, he's not the best shooter. But I, I do like his game. And I think like when he's playing with four starters, I think that's perfect for him because he doesn't need to do much. He needs to, you know, just kind of take advantage of opportunities. Right. I think maybe when they get when they get Kyrie back, one of the things they might want to do is instead of going with Garrett Temple as that first guy to sub out, maybe go with Spencer Dinwiddie as that like you start Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyrie together, see how that works. And then you go, you know, Dinwiddie comes out and then he comes back in with that second unit because then you have somebody offensively. Right. But then eventually when Lavert comes back, you have Lavert as that six man. I agree. Because he, he comes in and then you have, you know, you know Dinwiddie and Lavert can play together. You know yep. those two are comfortable. Then it's like that second unit immediately, in, instead of it going from like Garrett Temple, Pinson, and Musa as your, you know, your scorers on that unit, then you have Dinwiddie and you have Lavert. 
and that that kind of uh, staggers with the with the front end of the rotation where you're gonna have Kyrie with Dinwiddie and then you know maybe you have Levert come in for Dinwiddie or whatever it is you'll always have the trio of Irving. Dinwiddie, Levert, you always have two of them out there at least. Right, and you close um, with those guys too at the end of the game. And exactly, you can close with those three. Or I know Kenny sometimes, you know, he won't go with Dinwiddie or he won't go with Levert sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, we'll, uh, I, I get I, his reasoning. I get play his your reasoning last, at times. play your best five. Don't don't be good. Yeah, with it. I, I I get his reasoning at times. It's like if Levert doesn't have a good game or like he's not hitting his shots, you maybe go with Dinwiddie because he's like longer defensively whatnot and then you go with Joe Harris and Prince and you know Allen I get that but when you have those three you stagger them so you go to at least two on the court at all times and then fourth quarter crunch time then you have all three out there and you go you know Prince and Allen or you know what have you you figure it out you know who's hot who's the hot hand I think that's that's going to be kind of like what they should go to um because Mm -hmm. Levert I don't. I mean, people call him a shooting guard, but I don't think he gets enough credit, you know, as like kind of like a creator and in the pick and roll offense that they run. I mean, I'd love to just see him be like the number one option, just be like, Lever- Karras, you just you just go see what you can do. Because I mean, I I just maybe I just had this small pea brain and I just keep thinking back to that Philadelphia 76ers playoff series. Yep. Like he was like creating, getting to the rack, like. Just getting around like Embiid and Simmons, like he's just he when he's at the top of his game, he can be so crafty and so good at scoring. I think he could be a better, almost maybe a better second unit guy than Dinwiddie. You want to know? You want to know how they played him in that series? Because he came off the bench and he got going against TJ McConnell. Right. I forgot. I he, forgot about that. He got I going against because he was he was trash at the end of last season. I mean. I, well, no, he was I, bad. I, I probably shouldn't. I shouldn't. No, say he trash, was trash. That's like that's got <laughs> negative. Con- yeah, I don't want to. I like. I, I hate like hammering guys that hard. Yeah, because I know how good these guys are. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he like he he just didn't have it, and it was like he went from being like, man, is Karis Levert? Is he really gonna be like a you know that kind of you know piece second or third star in a team? Like, is he really gonna be able to be that? It was there was questions about it, and then in that series, he just like went off, and it was like, oh wait, no, he's yeah, he's good again. I value my latest evaluation on him, and it could totally change, is that he's a little bit closer to like a Will Barton than like a a Bradley Beal or somebody like that. And that sounds like I I've said that a couple times. It sounds like a a, a sounds a negative, knock. but. But, but I know. But Will I know Barton you're, has yeah, also been I know one of the better players yeah. on Denver this year. Like he's been really goddamn good, and he just kind of he knows what he is. He's an he's a kind of like a an instant offense type of guy. Um, he'll get going at the rim, make a couple mid range shots, hits a couple threes here and there. You know, I I like Karis LeVert as a playmaker. He looked really strong in preseason. He's had his moments this year. He just turns over the ball a lot. He gets caught mm-hmm. in the air a lot. So I think it's still a little bit of a work in progress. His defense has killed me this year. I, it's he's been just, bad, yeah. I mean, you, you watched both Knicks games. I mean, the, the first one where he just let, he basically just stopped watching Knox for at least two possessions, and Knox went around like a, a staggered screen on the and, on the weak side Knox, of the court. Knox has not been good this year either. Like, he, he's, he's had a rough year. He's kind of, Knox is like a guy where it's like, if you stay with him and you stay attached to him and you don't let him get that, that clean three look off, 
he hasn't done anything this year. And you're right, like the the you know whatever it was, the second or third game of the year when they the Knicks and Nets played, that was like one of Knox's best games of the year because Lavert just lost him like you know whatever it was like three or four times coming off those screens. Um, and that's like when I'm just getting back to what I was saying before, like I I like the three of them on the court together at the end. But I can't completely blame Kenny for for staying away from Levert at the end of the game sometimes, just because his defense hasn't been it hasn't been enough. Yeah, and and I I think that when you're going against some of those backups, you know, and and kind of inter just being a little bit more interchangeable with it, not being so rigid about oh we have to because the two man data on you know and again small sample whatever. Two-man data with uh, Kyrie and Karras is not great. The eye test isn't mm-hmm. great between those two. I thought the synergy really wasn't there um, for the most part. Spencer and, Car- uh, and uh, Kyrie have looked really good together. I mean, they're friends, so I think that that kind of does play into it. Um, I think that helps, yeah. And, as much as people don't want to play that up, I think. I mean, I think it just helps to be with one of your close friends, you know? Yeah, and I mean, that and then, you know, I, I also really – I like the idea of, of Kyrie – getting uh, basically completely tethered to Joe Harris. Because I think of anybody mm-hmm. on the Nets this year, maybe other than Dinwiddie as of recent, Kyrie was the guy that was really feeding him. I mean, Joe Harris was shooting like 55% to start the year when Kyrie was around. So I like, you know, it's a little unconventional to run Spencer Dinwiddie at the two. Um, he's 6'5", or 6'6", 6'5". I guess 6'5", this year is what he measured in at. So you can maybe do it. It's It's... it's- it's weird. It's, unconven- it's unconventional, but the thing I always think, and I think this plays at any level, um, I think if you have two point guards, I think that's better than having two. Well, I mean, wings are different and, you know, whatever, bigs. It, like the, the way positions we see them are, like, very different. But I think having two point guards is not a problem. As long as both guys, like, I mean, both like Kyrie can be off the ball a little bit. Spencer's okay being off the ball. I think you'd rather have two point guards who like know what they're doing and are like kind of. I mean, I don't want to call like Dinwiddie like the most cerebral player ever, but usually like I think you can get away with having two point guards because they're usually two of your smarter guys on the court. Yeah, and you know I I like the rotation of everything. Um, let's go through a couple other notes with the team. Uh, or with the with the the Celtics game, and we'll try to close it out. I'm trying to keep these under an hour. That's the goal here. Um, yeah, so I think we could probably go. We could. Go I don't know. Like I'm trying to think about if, if we. I know. I know. We haven't talking. we haven't talked in a while. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I guess I mean for Celtics notes, not really anything otherwise. You know, Garrett Temple kind of played above and beyond what we've seen. Um, that's what that's what kept falling. him in the game. The, yeah, the I, Garrett, Garrett Temple, the second quarter, he had kind of like. I mean, we were talking about how that second unit has no offense. Um, I mean, Garrett Temple just kind of like exploding tonight, kept him in it. But that's you're not you can't rely on that. That's not sustainable. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I don't know. I think it'll all make sense with the rotation. I feel like that's such a cop out, but like really, like when I watched this game, I kind of was surprised that they were in it for as long as they were, and a lot of things seemed to break right with them. And I mean, if you really think about it, you know, those lapses where we just didn't get any like you would as the viewer you're just like is Brooklyn gonna score at all you're gonna have two stars in there eventually and like a instant offense guy with Karis LeVert in there like you're just not gonna mm-hmm. go through that I just for me the biggest thing is if they can just keep up this defensive intensity Kenny Atkinson can keep killing it with ATOs and stuff like that I thought Kenny's been exceptional lately um really impressive stuff the last couple of games so 
that's my final notes. I'm just shocked they really were in it for as, as long as they were. Um, do you want to do like five minutes on Nick's Nets? Just a couple minutes there? Anything you have to add on that game? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I can do I can do five minutes. Um, one thing I thought, because going into it, I was very, like, the weeks leading up, I was very excited because Nilakina, he didn't play at all in the first game. Yeah. Um, and as I've said before, he's, like, one of my – I'll, I'll give a little background to this. I started writing about the Knicks his rookie year and, like, not very seriously, just kind of, like, for elite, you know, here and there. And I kind of got bigger into it. And then by the um, – whatever, the – the rising stars, whatever the, that thing is called, mm-hmm. I interviewed him, and that was like the first like real live interview I did with like a NBA player. I mean, it was over the phone and everything, but it was still pretty cool to me. It's sick. And I've always I've always been high on him and everything like that. And it's like I started writing about him when he was a rookie and everything, and I wrote about him all summer in FIBA and everything. So I've been like very invested, kind of in into his trajectory as a as a pro, and I've always been high on him. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. Probably, but I've always been high on him. And coming into that game, I like the weeks leading up to it. I was like him and you know him and uh, which we call it? him and Kyrie. I'm very excited to see that. I want to see him def- defend Kyrie. It's gonna be a huge test for him. Kyrie's hurt. Then it turns into Dinwiddie. But that I think that still was like a very interesting matchup. And if you look at the stats, it's like Dinwiddie had you know 30 points, however many assists and whatnot. Um, you could easily say like, "Oh wow, Frank got killed tonight." Yeah, everything like that. But like before the game, Kenny Atkinson, like uh, I think Ian Begley from SNY, he asked about uh, about Frank, and and Kenny was like immediately like, "Oh, that, he's he's legit. He's he's beat us before. He's like, yeah, he that guy's legit." And then after the game, even after Dinwiddie dropped thirty, he was like, he was like, "I didn't score thirty on Frank. They were switching the whole time." He's like, "He's an elite defender." Um, and I just I, I really enjoyed watching that matchup uh, between those two. And I think Frank definitely like I think Dinwiddie obviously got the better of him. He's down the stretch. He had a couple plays like was I forget that the score was, but he had that one where he just like drove. He had like a couple hesitations, and he had that pivot and that long like just kind of that that reach uh, six nine. That, yeah, that little that little reach like long like that the scoop shot that uh, that was like a beautiful play. Yeah, he got the better of Frank. But I think like there's definitely like a mutual respect between those two, Dinwiddie and Frank, because they've been going at it since his his rookie year. Um, those two have been, and that his rookie year was also the year that Dinwiddie kind of like blew up on the scene. Um, so seeing those two go against each other, and those two guys, I think now are like very important parts of their franchise. Uh, that to me, like that's that's kind of what I was honing in on during that game. And then the other thing was that Jared Allen versus Mitchell Robinson yeah question and Jared Allen I mean what I will I'll always say and I think I might even write something about this I've been kind of like playing around with this idea right now Jared Allen is unquestionably better than Mitchell Robinson I don't think if you if you ask me like to pick a center for a game tomorrow I'm picking Jared Allen every every day of the week and twice on Sunday yep but if you ask me to pick a center like down the line and who's going to be my franchise center I might go with Mitch. Oh, I definitely I would. His, I think his defensive ceiling is just so ridiculously high. It's go bear. Anything? I don't think. I don't think anything. Yeah, go bear. That's. I've I've made that comparison. You know, almost to the point where I get sick of it. Yep. Um. But I think I think that like 
that his defensive ceiling is better than anything Jared Allen has in his game right now. So I would take Mitch over him. But right now, I would I would take Jared Allen like a game tomorrow. And I think even I think Nets Daily the the Twitter said something about how Jared Allen was better. And Mitch just responded with like the crying laughing emoji or whatever, which whatever that's funny. Yeah. I mean, Mitch, Mitch actually like I don't want to get too too deep into the Knicks because I know uh, Nets fans don't don't love uh, don't love all that. But I will say Mitch is hysterical. He is by far out of all the people in the in the Nick on the Knicks team, like coaches and anyone I've ever encountered in the Knicks organization. Mitch is the funniest person and like coming in coming into like his career he was labeled as this like quiet reserved kid and uh actually Mike Vorkanov of The Athletic brought that up to him recently like forget what game it was after but he brought up he was like he was like they said you were you were like shy when you got drafted and he just went they lied <laughs> and he's got that like that New Orleans accent yeah. I can't I can't do it justice but the guy, he's just, he's like a funny, funny dude. And he's like, what, he's like 20 years old? Right. He's, he's, the sky is the limit for him. And I don't want to make this sound like I'm really, like I'm down on Jared Allen because I think he, the sky is the limit for him too. But uh, for me, the Knicks-Nets game, that those are the two things I really, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't give a shit who won, like whatever. It, it, to me, I was just enjoying the basketball game. And enjoying watching Dinwiddie, Frank, and then Mitch, Jared Allen. That I, I had a I had a lot of fun. In terms of all the games I've covered last season and this season, that was definitely up there for you know the most enjoyable. I thought it was the best Knicks Nets game that I that in the last two years. I, I from what I've remember the, right now. I I think if you're gonna ju- if I'm just saying like it, which game was more exciting, I think the uh last year, the first game, because the Knicks were coming off a win mm, that dominated mm, mm. they dominated the Hawks. Yep. And then it was actually a really like good close game and Levert had that on his co- which we made it even crazier was that it was on his college teammate and close friend Tim yep. Hardaway Jr. Yep. And he had that like Oh, that was that was such a pretty move. It was like the you know the classic. Now we know it, but at the time we didn't. The Levert, like kind of just like the hesitation and like the herky turkey. Yep. That yep. yeah that 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 was a great game. But I think Sunday's game is definitely right up there with it. Yeah, that was it's def. I I I think that might have been my favorite game just because of the different storylines and you know I, I don't know I just liked it. I like that Jared Allen uh, Mitchell Robinson uh showdown and i think the same thing you could say about Jarrett. like all those questions about him you know if he cares about the game and his quiet you know his quiet nature he's starting to have a little fuck you to him just a little bit for just sure a little for bit sure. like the way he's going after boards and he he sent kemba shot back and he kind of gave him a little stare down i'm mm-hmm. like all right Jarrett allen like <laughs> he's coming out of his shell a little bit i'm he's gonna be a he's gonna be a problem in his prime I, I oh, think sure. he kind of is what he is, but he's just going to get better at what he is. And he's just so big. He's just so big and so mobile. And, you know, I he he reminds me a lot of kind of like Clippers uh, DeAndre Jordan, more so than a Gobert. He's in that he's in that mold of like a DeAndre Jordan or like a Clint Capella. Yeah. Like that just that guy that's just you're going to throw him in so many pick and rolls with, you know, Kyrie and Spencer and just set that screen and just dive to the rim. Yep. And, you know, if if Kyrie takes a shot, 
go for the go for the board and you know get the uh, get the putback, or if Kyrie's looking for you for the you know the lob. Um, yeah, no, and I think I think it's weird because Allen is a year old, or he's this. I think he's the same age, or you know whatever he's the younger. difference is with with Mitch. Mitch. Is he younger than Mitch? He's, Mitch. he's, he's I believe he's six months younger. Okay, so he's younger than Mitch, but since he's in his third year, yeah, that, it, almost I, feels, I would count it almost feels like it. But it almost feels like he's like been in the league for a little while, so people are like, he is what he is at this point. Yep. But I think you're right. Like he, he's he's good. We know what he is. We know the kind of player he is. But he's only going to get better from this point right. forward. Right. Yeah. I've, yeah. I don't. I love. I love Jared Allen. I. I, I yeah. don't say that and I fan over players because I try not to get too fan you know fan perspective i legitimately I, I am legitimately a fan of jared allen i, I just like him and i i do like your point though that like for a while there people were you know kind of like well does he care about the game that much and like you know all that stuff like i think it's just because like i mean i don't want to he's goofy I don't sound like i don't want to i don't want to sound like a high school bully but he's kind of a nerd no he like, is he, you know he's he's, he's, he's like i know uh, I forget who wrote it, but some like somebody for somewhere wrote an article about him, like how much he loves like Overwatch, which I've brought that up on the pod before. I love Overwatch, so I didn't get a chance to ask him at the Knicks game because there's just so much going on. Yep. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he's a he's kind of a nerd. He's got you know him and Dinwiddie are you know big Dragon Ball Z fans. They you know they have other interests. I think that's fine. I mean, like, cool. I don't think every basketball every basketball player doesn't need to eat, sleep, and breathe basketball twenty four seven. Right. Um, and you know, we're seeing like he act. I mean, he's he definitely put in the work this off season because he came back and now he's. I mean, during the off season, we had conversations about would they start. Jordan, would they start Allen? Would which it be is like hilarious a now. Matchup? Which yeah, hel- I mean, my whole thing, which hand up i was wrong i was like they they should do matchups with you know the bigger centers start right. jordan the, you know which obviously now just looks silly um but yeah no he he's he's been he's been fun to watch i think especially too now with the injuries i think him and him and uh dinwiddie have stepped up and i think that's been good for both of them uh when they get everybody back hopefully they keep it up and everything's kind of uh running smoothly because I mean, they lost to the Celtics tonight, but the Celtics aren't – they're not that much better. Like a full-strength Nets team, even if they're like the fifth or sixth seed, they, they could they could win a series against the Celtics or the Heat or, you know, even the – like they – I, I I'm I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quit on this team necessarily and yeah. say like oh well you know they're they're not as good as the cream of the crop in the East because. Milwaukee's probably up a little bit above everybody, but besides that, I don't know. I, I think I, I think the Nets are can be right there if they get healthy. Yep. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see how injuries play. We'll see if this Kyrie thing that's yeah is that's, a lingering um, issue. We'll see. I I already put that Kyrie Instagram out of my mind. I'm already yeah, we like don't need to talk about I'm, that. I'm already past that thinking about him running the pick and roll with Jared Allen. Yep. Um all right, let's do random shout outs real quick. Uh, all right. I'll Caught you by surprise. Uh, no. What's that? Did I catch you by surprise of this or no? No, I th- I thought about I thought about this before. Nice. My, uh, my my random shout out, and uh, since it's Thanksgiving, this is a little I guess. Eh, no, it's not that sentimental. But um, my dad and his friends from high school are like still all like best friends, very close. And since like I was born, pretty much 
they've done this thing where, you know, everyone in the town, they all meet like at like 11 o'clock in the morning for a drink together at a bar downtown. Yep. And it's like, when I was a little kid, it would be like, I'd go to, with my dad. I met like one of my best friends who I was actually at his house today, hanging out with his newborn son, which is just weird. But, all right, I'm I'm on a tangent rambling now. But, so... My dad and his friends, they did this, you know, 11 a.m. happy hour before, like, kind of as everyone gets back into town, everyone meets for a drink, and then everyone goes their separate ways, and it's turned into this thing, and now it's like, we meet at 11, and there's like 40, 50 people there, it's like a whole big thing, everyone gets there before, you know, you go to your family, and you you do your whole Thanksgiving thing, um, so my random shout out is just Thanksgiving, family, and, you know, good family friends that, uh, it's been it's been fun to uh to grow up in the uh the family and everything that I have and uh nah, it's just Thanksgiving. I don't I don't know if I have much else to say. I'm just Meta thankful yeah. for Thanksgiving. Yeah, thankful for Thanksgiving <laughs> and you know, my family and the extended family of, you know, family friends and everything like that. I so love it. It's a good yeah, it's a good day. Um mine's not at all heartwarming or anything. I got <laughs> I went to the dead <laughs> This is the worst. I'm really shouting out the dentist. <laughs> Man, I, it's good, though. <laughs> this is the worst shout-out I've, I've ever done in any podcast. Yeah. I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. I, sh- I should have let you go first. I'm sorry. I, this sucks compared to I, what you I just couldn't, did. I, I couldn't like really co- like put all, process all my thoughts together, so I was kind of rambling, but... No, yeah, keep, I should let you go first. Keep going. I'm really shouting out the dentist. Yeah, I don't know. I got my teeth cleaned, and I, it's really nice to have clean teeth. That's it. That's what shout it out. It feels good. It, it feels, feels amazing. Good. It feels good. <laughs> I, the thing I miss, though, about being a little kid is when they'd ask you, like, do you want, you know, the toy gum or, yeah, or, or this. Me too. They don't, they don't ask anymore. They yeah. Just, they, give you, they give you whatever. No. Nah, they're just like, hey, can you just, like, I, you know. Floss a little bit better. All right, get out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think Every I've time. ever been to the. I don't think I've ever been to the dentist where they told me like, "No, your flossing is good." Yeah, 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 yeah. A one. <laughs> it's always like Meh, maybe a little more. <laughs> You're leading the league in floss percentage over yeah. here. You're killing it. Um, I'm leading the. I'm I'm last in the league in floss per thirty six. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! All right, I'm gonna sign off here. Uh, I'm uh, gonna go spend a little time with family. No dentist time yep. for me, but a little family should be nice. But it's been fun talking. Um, we uh, we'll ha- probably have this out by tomorrow, and then um, and then from there, you know, we'll kind of figure out what we're scheduling and what we're doing with this. Yeah, but, we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely be on more of a uh, a set regular rotation as we go forward and get this thing moving. Yep. Because uh, obviously, I'm as we've gotten about almost an hour now there's obviously a lot to talk about with these yep. nets i mean they're they're an interesting squad and uh yeah I'm, I'm looking forward looking forward to the rest of the season definitely all right danny i'll talk to you next time all right all right sounds good peace